This is the Field of Streams Fantasy Baseball Podcast, brought to you by Fangraphs. Hello and welcome to the Field of Streams Podcast on the Rotographs Audio Network. I'm your host, Dylan Higgins. I'm joined by Brad Johnson this morning. Brad, how you doing? Pretty good. How about yourself? Doing alright. Doing alright. It's a uh, Tuesday, April 14th, and we got some picks coming for you for today. How'd your, uh, how'd your weekend go? Uh, weekend went pretty well. Uh, in real life terms, I was able to play my first game of the season. Oh, nice. And I'm still in pain from that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, recovering nicely though. And, do you, uh, do you play DFS play's been fine too. Softball? Uh, no, or baseball? I still play baseball. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't done that in a few years, but for me, it's been a lot more fun than playing softball at all, is uh, playing real baseball. Oh, yeah. Well, uh, yeah, we got some uh, picks coming up for you for Tuesday. Monday, um, I talked to Steve uh, about Monday, and we were, one of the things we had our eye on was, uh, how does Aaron Harang keep doing what he keeps doing? And Monday was another fine start for him. He took the loss, but... I, I don't know. Do you have an explanation for Aaron Harang? Nobody has an explanation for Aaron Harang, right? Uh, yeah, I'm not sh- so sure I have an explanation. I mean, he's, he's a solid pitcher. He gets the job done. I'm not sure. Uh, I think it's just kind of statistical noise that he had a quick start last year and appears to be off to that same, uh, pattern this year. Uh, could be that his stuff's just more ready for the start of the season than some other guys. That could be true. He's old enough. Maybe he wears down later, too. Or mm-hmm. sooner. Um, yeah, but, but that was kind of one that stuck out to us of what, what the heck's going on, but, um, cool. All right, well, let's, uh, go ahead and get into it for Tuesday. I think the theme for today is going to be tempting stacks, feels like. There's a lot of guys that stick out to take advantage of, and there's a lot of ways to go. A lot of ways to spend your money on Tuesday. Yeah, and it's, uh, the pitching field's very split. There's... A lot of great pitchers available. Uh, mm-hmm. You have Harvey, Arietta, and Carrasco at the top. Uh, Iwakuma's good. Green's not bad. Uh, there's a few others that are kind of down uh, the price list a little bit. Uh, Di Sclafani has a pretty good matchup in uh, Chicago where the weather's just going to kill anything that goes in the air. Yeah, so there's options out there for you. Yeah, I, I don't think you can go wrong with Arietta, Carrasco, or Harvey, you know. They all have good Absolutely matchups. Not. They're all they're all good pitchers. If you feel like spending on an ace, you know, there's nothing wrong with any of those three guys. And at least on FanDuel, those are all under th- or ten thousand dollars, so you know you can still build out lineup without punting anything. Yeah. Um and then yeah, on the hitting side, there's just there's a lot of guys that stick out that I don't know. The Rays are throwing out a guy named Matt Andres Andresi, you know? I think it's Andresi. Okay. The Braves have Trevor Cahill, who sadly nowadays is kind of a guy you'd stream against. Uh, Phillies have David Buchanan. Angels have another guy I'm not familiar with, Drew Rusinski. I don't know. Jeremy Hellickson is kind of a guy you can stream against now. Mm-hmm. Rockies have Christian Bergman. And then the Dodgers are starting David Huff. And I just feel like those are all guys that you could build a lineup that stack around. You know? Absolutely. Yeah, so there's a, there's a lot of ways to go on Monday, I feel like. Um, it's gonna be an interesting day for streaming. This feels like, uh, feels like September almost already. <laughs> where teams that are in it are throwing good pitchers and then other teams have just started throwing guys out 
to get those starts in. Kind of a, a weird split day. You're right. So, uh, yeah. Who do you have at, uh, at catcher? Any guys stick out to you at catcher? I really only highlighted the one against, uh, David Huff. That's, uh, Mike Zanino. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, uh, I mean, the stadium's not great for right-handed power, but he's just a, a pretty solid hitter at a very cheap price. And he hasn't done much this year yet, but he'll get going. Yeah. Um, he's kind of a boomer bust guy, but he's so young and has so much talent. I think he has to do better than he did last year. You know, showed a lot of power last year, but I think his uh, other numbers will come up. He batted under 200, and I don't think there's any way he's that poor of a hitter. Right. He definitely strikes me as at least a 220 to 240 type guy with, you know, a low upside for more than that. Yeah. And, uh, he's going up against David Huff, and I was looking at David Huff, and there's not a lot to look at. Um, he's left-handed, and Zunino likes to hit left-handers, but, mm-hmm. uh, David Huff has weird reverse splits in his long career. Um, but to be honest, it doesn't really matter, because he's, you know, he might be better against righties, but, He's still bad against them, you know? Uh, <laughs> so I don't think there's... I wouldn't even look that hard into his splits and, and just kind of be ready to throw anyone against him. That, I'm always very uh, very hesitant to take much stock in reverse splits, even when they're over a large sample. Yeah. Uh, the kind of only caveat to that is pitchers who really depend on change-ups, because that is a pitch that can really chew up the opposite-handed hitter. Sure. Yeah, no, he, he he's better against uh, against righties, but he was still pretty bad against them. You know, I, a, a Mariner stack may definitely be in the cards. You know, and with all these popular stacks, though, you got to figure out maybe which one's the most popular. Because as we've talked about, trying to avoid the obvious pick, but there's just so much, so many options on the, on Monday or sorry on I, Tuesday. I think there's enough going on today that you don't really have to worry about what other people are doing. Yeah. Uh, the only pick that might concern me in that regard is Matt Harvey against the Phillies. Yeah. Just because that's such an obvious, you know, ten strikeout, eight inning performance uh, that you know everyone's going to want a piece of it. Yeah. And even though I know he's going to be used forty, fifty percent of the time, I'm still going to probably grab a share or two myself. Yeah, it's hard to resist that for sure. The other catcher I, I liked at all, and I don't think he's a great pick, but a fine pick, um, Alex Vila gets AJ Burnett, um, has the platoon advantage. I like AJ Burnett okay, but I could also see him do just fine, you know. Alex Vila likes hitting righties, and I kinda like him this year. It's kinda cheap. It's in what seems to be an unstoppable lineup, you know. So, that's, you know, that's not a great matchup or anything, but I don't have any problem with that if you're looking for uh, an option outside of Zunino, but uh, I think I think Zunino is the the best choice for Monday. And Sorry, if, if you want for Tuesday, a, I keep saying Monday. Yeah, Tuesday. If you want an upmarket uh, pick for catcher, Brian McCann's a good one mm-hmm. against uh, Miguel Gonzalez. Uh, he, Gonzalez is just a uh, a big fly ball pitcher. Mm-hmm. Uh, gives up a lot of home runs, and Baltimore's very home run friendly to left handed power, so it really lines up well for McCann. Yeah. All right. How about first base? Who sticks out to you there? I have uh, another couple guys with cheap price tags, Ike Davis and Justin Smoke. Okay. Sure. Uh, Ike Davis, I get. He's definitely shown pop with the platoon advantage. Explain to me the upside in Justin Smoke. It's mostly he's got power. He's got a good stadium for power. Uh, the pitcher that he's up against, Andreezy's, uh 
bit of an unknown. Uh, mm-hmm. Probably isn't a standout pitcher by any means. He might be you know, serviceable mid-rotation guy. Uh, looks more like a swingman. Yeah, I can see that for sure. That's one of those uh, matchups that, I don't know, a, a Blue Jay stack against the Rays, they're at home, that could go just fine. And Justin Smoke's going to be nice and cheap, no doubt. Um, he generally hits sixth, I think, is where he's kind of settled in. It's a lot and, of guys to drive in there. Yep. Yeah. Got uh, Batista and EE on base most of the time. Yeah. Uh, I wrote three other names down. Um, I have Pedro Alvarez versus Shane Green. I think Shane Green's fine, but Pedro Alvarez is always an option in a boomer bust lineup, depending on what format you're going for. I wrote Carlos Santana, if he's a first baseman for you. Um, he gets Jose Quintana, who's a solid pitcher, but uh, Carlos Santana likes setting lefties. I That's think, definitely one I considered. Yeah, and then I don't think there's anything wrong with Carlos Santana. And then uh, Mitch Moreland gets uh, Rusinski, and Mitch Moreland's another cheap guy, you know, who, I don't know. I'm worried about the Rangers lineup. I'm worried they're going to be like last year. They're already getting banged up. It's already looking pretty thin. And it's it's already going down that path as soon as they have a major injury to someone who matters more like uh Martin or uh Beltre or Fielder. You yeah. know, it's gonna be game over. The the two big ones in that lineup, you know, the wild cards I guess are Chu and Fielder. And they haven't really shown they have a lot left in the tank yet, you know. Those are two guys that could bounce back in big ways, but they haven't shown they are they're capable yet, you know. Those are kind of the guys I have my eye on of, that might swing that lineup. I don't know. I like Mitch Moreland just fine. There's no reason he can't produce if that lineup is on against Rusinski today. But um, he'd be nice and cheap. But um, The other guy I wrote is uh, Lucas Duda against Buchanan, if you're looking mm-hmm. for some more pop. I think that's going to be fine. It's, yeah, it should uh, be a solid pick. It's weird that all of a sudden I see Mets hosting Phillies and automatically in my head the Mets are the better team. You know, <laughs> it's it's a weird shift in my brain because before it was definitely you know the Mets were kind of the laughing stock and now it's that's not the case in the in the least anymore. You know, now I'm looking for Mets to pick to terrorize the Phillies, <laughs> um, and Lucas Duda might be one of them on Tuesday. All right, how about uh, at second base or shortstop, middle infield? So I have uh, Ricky Weeks against the Dodgers and Huff. He seems like he gets a shot at the top of the lineup sometimes against those left-handed hitters, especially if he's hitting first or second. He's a good play. He's cheap. He's a solid enough hitter when he's facing opposite-handed guys. I might get pulled late in the game, which, you know, is never fun, but that's kind of the cost of using someone well under $3,000. And uh, Rugnet Ordor against the Angels, and uh, Rusinski is another guy who seems to have a good matchup. Yeah, I like those uh, right-handed bats. They, they get in the game to left-handed guys. Um, I had on Monday, I had Colin Cowgill, and they bet him leadoff against lefties. Mm-hmm. And I also went with David Freeze. David Freeze already has three homers against lefties. They bat him clean up, and he's cheap, and so far so good for him. Scott Vance like made it in the lineup yesterday, and nothing wrong with that, you know. And I've talked before about Drew Stubbs, if the Rockies face a lefty, especially at home. Oh, yeah. I don't know. Those are guys that are nice and cheap and can do a lot for you. So those those are guys you got to make sure they're in the lineup, but they're definitely good ways to save money and still get some good production on guys that don't have big names. Mm-hmm. Um, I also wrote at second base, I wrote Jonathan Scope versus Sabathia. 
Uh, Scope's got a good start to the season and should, like, face on a left-hander that's not that overpowering anymore. I don't know what's happened to Sabathia, but he's pretty well done for me. I also have D. Gordon gets Trevor Cahill, and I, D. Gordon seems expensive to me. I don't know oh, if yeah, it's name hype or what. He's he's capable of putting up numbers, but I don't know about the price tag on him. It, at four thousand dollars, I just I can't roster a guy who doesn't have power. Right. And you know, he's playing in Atlanta. It's not a good power park to begin with. He has none to speak of, uh, even if he's playing at cores. Uh, but at least if he was at cores, you know, he'd have that big field to work with. You can kind of dream on a couple extra base hits. Yeah. Uh, here in Atlanta, I just I don't really see it. Plus, there's kind of a rain risk with this game anyhow. Yeah. So I, I'm probably staying away from that. I got lucky yesterday. I chickened out on Matt Latos because of the rain, and that went okay for me to, <laughs> to stay away from him. Um, and yeah, in terms of the price tag at second base, yesterday I spent $4,000 on Jose Altuve, and I still felt bad about it. You know, a guy that doesn't have that much pop, and he was facing the lefty and got a home run out of him, but mm-hmm. uh, if it's Jose Altuve or Robinson Cano, you're like, alright, that's, you know, if I have to spend it at second base, but D. Gordon, I don't know, he definitely can score some runs and steal some bases and drop some hits in, but... I don't think he's that good of a player. I don't know, but uh, he could be today. He gets Trevor Cahill, you know. I think I think the key to using him is you gotta be using, especially for a GPP, you gotta be using the stack. Yeah. Uh, so you gotta have Stanton in there, Yelich, uh, probably one other. You know, yeah, go for four of them in. He's gonna score points. three runs or something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, I wrote Daniel Murphy versus David Buchanan. If you have the Mets stack against uh, the Phillies, Mets are at home. If you're going Mariner Snack, speaking of guys to spend the money on, Robinson Cano gets David Huff. You know, and that's lefty on lefty, but Robinson Cano is still almost a 300 hitter against lefties, and like I said, David Huff has the reverse splits and is just not good in general. So, if you feel like spending the money, Robinson Cano could do just fine. Just fine today. And then at shortstop, I only had two shortstops written down, and I don't know, shortstop just seems like a thin uh, DFS position so far this season. Oh yeah, it it always is. You know, you have your guy at the top too low, and you know, some days it makes sense to use him. At San Francisco, it does not. Uh, no matter who he's facing, it's just not mm-hmm. the right park for a five thousand dollar player. And then there's not really that much more. Uh, if we're playing DraftKings, you have some other options like Hanley. FanDuel's pretty stringent with their p- position requirements. Yeah, I wrote uh, Jose Reyes gets Andres Andresi at home. You know, if you like the Blue Jays to put up runs against him, he's switch hitter, should do just fine. And then uh, one of the cheap options I've been liking lately is Brad Miller. And Brad Miller's part of that uh, Mariner stack against the Dodgers and David Huff. And Brad Miller will be cheapish and has power and speed a little bit. He's an inconsistent guy. He's certainly not dependable, but no reason he couldn't put up some numbers if you're just looking for a cheap fill-in, a shortstop. With him, I'm a lot more concerned about the uh, lefty-lefty matchup. As you did mention, you know, Huff has those kind of weird splits, so maybe it doesn't matter. Yeah. Uh, one guy I pulled out was uh, Jed Lowry against uh, Graveman. Yeah. Uh, I kind of I, I like Graveman well enough. I think he'll be a, a solid starter. He's going to roll a lot of ground balls when he's on. Obviously, the uh, debut against the Rangers didn't go that way. Lowry t- seems to have taken uh, Luis Valbuena's spot in the lineup, third overall. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, that's just a good place to be hitting. Yeah, yeah, and he's a switch hitter, so he shouldn't be too exposed. And he's been cheap so far. 
Yeah. Yep, he's 2,800 today. Yeah. I like, uh, I like Lowry. The other one I've been keeping my eye on when the matchup works is, uh, Marcus Semyon. Has some mm-hmm. pop, and they're batting him way down at the bottom of the lineup, but, uh, when he gets to face a lefty, he's especially good, and, uh, he's nice and cheap. So, I think some, uh, cheap shortstop options are developing, but so far it's, uh, it's definitely a bit of a ominous position so far. How about third base? I had two guys down that I liked. I wonder if you had, the similar names. Uh, we'll find out. I I really like the Yankees stack in general today, so yeah. I actually wrote down both A-Rod and Headley. Yeah. Do you find yourself being one of these people? I'm doing it, and I'm still kind of coming to terms with it. Uh, are you weirdly rooting for A-Rod going forward? <laughs> Has this shifted for you? Uh, it, it never really shifted for me. I've kind of been rooting for A-Rod all along just because I like seeing the Yankees fans in discomfort. Yeah. I I mean, I hate the Yankees as much as anybody should, and I hated A-Rod as much as anybody should, but it's so weird to be in a position where, I don't know, it's turned around for me. And I was it, saying the other day... It's some kind of schadenfreude. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm on his side, and also I noted the other day, uh, I find myself being a Josh Hamilton fan in recent weeks. You want to see him do well, you know? There's some weird political stuff going on. And all of a sudden you want to see those guys come out and hit 40 homers. So, I don't know. Uh, A-Rod's pretty amb- ambiguous. Uh, I don't know if that's the right word. He's, he's, he's hard to figure out right now of what he's going to be able to do. There's clearly a lot of talent, but there's also a lot of age. But he has a, a good matchup, for sure. And then, uh, Chase Headley should do fine, too. You know, again, Miguel Gonzalez is not that overpowering of a guy. So, yeah, I could see trying to get both of them. I wrote down, neither of those Yankees guys, but I wrote down uh, Evan Longoria gets mm-hmm. Daniel Norris, and Daniel Norris is left-handed, and that is uh, nice for Evan Longoria. Oh, yeah. Uh, Longoria can hit in general, but he definitely likes hitting lefties even more. And then I wrote Kyle Sager as part of that Mariner stack. Nothing wrong with that. It's a guy you would want as part of what you're doing there. Um, hits right in the heart of that order. He went back-to-back with... Uh, Nelson Cruz yesterday, so I don't mind either of those two guys if you're a Longoria or Seager believer. Mm-hmm. And then I wrote down approximately 17 different outfielders or so. <laughs> Maybe not quite that many, but a lot. It's a lot of guys in the outfield I like today. I definitely uh, had different feelings about the outfield. There's obviously a lot of good hitters that are options today, mm-hmm. uh, but at the same time, I kind of felt like the price points weren't quite right for me. Okay. Uh, so I was looking mainly at two guys, uh, one of them being Ellsbury. Again, that's just the Miguel Gonzalez matchup that I like so much in uh, Camden Yards. And the other guy I picked out uh, on the other side of that matchup is Steve Pierce. Yeah, I wrote him down too. And he's just got great platoon splits uh, for his career. He held those up last year even as he broke out against same-handed pitchers. Yeah. Uh, so he should be a good matchup against Sabathia. Likes to hit lefties, and Sabathia is not that scary. So, yeah, I can see that. Quick rundown on my list. I, I won't try and pour into all these guys, but uh Bryce Harper gets Masterson. Masterson, you know, doesn't handle lefties very well. Mm-hmm. And uh Bryce Harper will cost you, but I don't, you know, there's no reason he can't succeed. Um, I like Anthony Goes so far at the top of the Detroit lineup if he's playing. He gets A.J. Burnett. He strikes out quite a bit, and that could be a problem there. But uh, he hopefully should still be cheap. Um, Dalton Pompey 
will be probably at near the top of the lineup against Andresi if you got a Blue Jays stack. Desmond Jennings gets Daniel Norris, and Desmond Jennings along with Longoria like sitting lefties quite a bit, so that could be a good one. Uh, could use some speed there, too. Um, Christian Yelich gets Trevor Cahill if you like that Marlin stack. Um, Leonis Martin and Shinsu Chu both get Drew Brzezinski. Have a advantage there. Cole Calhoun and Matt Joyce get Nick Martinez. Uh, Nick Martinez is not scary at all. Um, Angels could do just fine against him if you want a less obvious stack. Um, and Nelson Cruz gets David Huff, and he has his advantage there. And he has four homers in his last three games. That might drive his price quite a bit. But uh, mm-hmm. if you believe in hot streaks, and not everybody does, and even if you don't, you know, he led home, led the league at homers last year. There's no reason he can't do it again. And, uh, last guy wrote on help gone, I still think is underrated. Switcher gets, uh, Christian Bergman. So, there's a lot of options. Like I said, oh, a yeah. lot of, a lot of weak pitchers. If you, you know, outfield's a place where you can stay flexible to find your last options to fill out your lineup after you've decided whether you want to buy your aces or go expensive at different positions. You know, a lot of ways and- to go there in the outfield. And that Angel stack uh, that you mentioned is definitely one that I like uh, today at Texas. Uh, yeah. it's, it's definitely probably one of the top three stacks I'm looking at today. Yeah, and we mentioned that that Texas lineup has its issues, but to be honest, I, the the real problem with that team is that pitching staff. Oh, you yeah. Know? It's ugly. <laughs> and it's already ugly. It's already not in a good place, you know. Which is, it's too bad. It's too bad, it's too bad that, uh, the Rangers seem to already be in that position in the second <laughs> week, you know. <laughs> the curse break, of Nolan Ryan. <laughs> yeah, if you break down by June or July, okay, but it's kinda early, you know. Same with the Dodgers, everybody was worried about Dodgers pitching depth, and it's the second week and they're starting David Huff, you know. Not a good sign. Yeah, at least the Dodgers have ways out of it. Yeah. Uh, they can, just spend money and get guys. Yeah. If they're trying to go cheap, they could always afford Cole Hamels or, uh, you know, maybe a Johnny Cueto later in the year. Yeah. I don't think anyone feels that sorry for the Dodgers. It's just, no. <laughs> it's week two. And you're like, really? We're already throwing these guys out in week two? Like I said, it feels like September when you look at the schedule. <laughs> but, um, and then for a pitcher, we mentioned, uh, Harvey's going to be the popular one against the Phillies. And that's for good reason. Carlos Carrasco gets the White Sox. That's probably one of my favorites, just in terms of strikeout potential. Um, and Jake Arrieta gets the Reds, and there's nothing wrong with that. Cheaper options, you said Shane Green gets the Pirates. That's our uh, Field of Streams pick for today, too. Me and Steve and Matt like that, in terms of a guy less than 50% owned in Yahoo Leagues. I think that's Shane Green for today. I like Jose Quintana just fine against the Indians. If you believe in Daniel Norris... He could be fine. Kendall Graveman will be a cheap option that, that people like. Not a lot of strikeouts there, but you said Anthony DeSclafani, you know, going to Wrigley is not a terrible pick either. There's a lot of options, a lot of ways to go today on the pitching side as well. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, those are our picks for Tuesday. And then uh, I just wanted to bring up a little bit of strategy with you. We were talking about this before we hit record, but um, it'll probably come in today too. Uh, we're going to talk about the idea of leaving money on the table and how it's a, often your urge is to make sure to spend every last cent. You know, if you have an extra $100, $200 sitting there, you got to find a guy that you can upgrade in your lineup even after you've already made the picks you like. And I don't know, there's the, that 
tug in my gut that says that's not necessarily the best way to do things. Right, and, you know, it it is okay to leave some money on the table sometimes. Uh, it's not definitely not something you should be doing every day. Uh, if it's, you know, $100 to $400 on FanDuel, you know, don't worry about it. It's, you know... You might be making your lineup worse by using that money. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're leaving $1,000 on the table, maybe try to figure out how to upgrade to Mike Trout or something. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I find myself picking the guys I like, finding these matchups that I've analyzed, and I put it all in, and then I go, oh, wait, I have I have $300 left. Quick, how can I put that in? And then you just, I don't know, it's tinkering is what it is. You, you should always look for that upgrade, but a lot of times when this happens for me, it's because I've kind of identified a couple stacks they fit together really well uh, i want to stick with those stacks and maybe have a cheaper pitcher like uh like say i was using aj burnett today he's 6700 uh-huh. if i was able to meld together two stacks i might still end up with like 600 700 on the the board and you know maybe i could use that to upgrade from say avila to uh, mccann and i know that example doesn't make much sense because i picked burnett yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, say I can upgrade from you know someone to McCann. Uh, it's still you're breaking that stack, and if you're uh, playing a GPP, maybe you prefer to keep the stack. Right, just kind of thing where you gotta believe with what you went with, you know, and stick to it. Um, and and I find myself wrestling with that sometimes, but uh, I'm glad you're telling me I'm not crazy to <laughs> to try and feel okay about leaving some money on the table. You know. Yeah, and, and especially if you're talking about three hundred dollars, that's it's that's gonna be very common. Yeah. Great. Well, uh, that should do it for us for Tuesday. Uh, Brad, thanks for helping me look at the stuff going on today. Yep, um, no problem. I'm Dylan Higgins on Twitter at HigginsMLB. You can find Brad at Baseball A-Team. And Brad, you're writing Hero Rotographs and at MLB Trade Rumors. And uh, you got anything you've written recently you want to plug, want to talk about? Uh 10.15 today, so a uh, half hour from the time of this recording, uh, we'll have uh, today's Daily Grind Up, which I have a new feature from Jeff Zimmerman involved. Uh, has uh, ground ball, fly ball splits, uh, and how uh, certain hitters do well against fly ball pitchers and vice versa. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jeff's got a script together. We'll probably be running this daily. Uh, it'll be good for DFS picks and also for uh, same-day uh, traditional fantasy. That'll be worth checking out for sure. We don't have any day games today, so if you're getting to this uh, this podcast in time, you have plenty of time. You can go check that out before you go make your picks. That'll be good. So it sounds like a valuable resource for sure. Yep, should be good. Cool. Well, for Brad, I'm Dylan. Thanks for listening to uh, Fill the Streams on the Rotographs Audio Network, and we'll see you guys tomorrow. Thank you for listening to the Fill the Streams podcast. For more fantasy baseball analysis, visit fangraphs.com slash fantasy or follow us on Twitter at Rotographs.